Welcome to the Money Wise Women Show, brought to you by MoneyMorphosis.com. Are you ready to be inspired to upgrade your financial skills? Listen to feminine leaders sharing practical advice and valuable insights. Shift your money mindset, improve communication skills, and learn financial management tips. Although we do not provide investment advice, you can check out MoneyMorphosis.com. That's money morphosiscom to find simple ways to boost your true wealth. Hello, this is Crystal Arnold, hostess of Money Wise Women and founder of Money Morphosis. I am so excited about connecting with uh, the youth that I know, the people coming of age in this time of so much challenge and so much opportunity. And I feel that vitality and that desire to create a more beautiful world in many of them. And yet they are coming of age in in a time of of so much ecological discrimination and economic uncertainty, and yet they are innovative and creative and finding ways to become entrepreneurs, to generate value, to regenerate the earth and land that they live on. And, uh, and so it's incredible the power when youth have guidance and mentorship and, and are really able to flourish and bloom in their unique gifts. And uh, so I am very excited to have our guest on today. Uh, she is Tadzi Madzima. And she is founder of Ignite Youth, an organization in Zimbabwe that really focuses on equipping youth to make a vision and purpose for their lives, helping them find meaningful careers and become the next generation of African leaders. Through their eight programs that focus on nurturing their talents, leadership development, mentoring, and access to resources and opportunities, Ignite Youth empowers participants to find their career paths and to really hone their skills in their area of talents. Uh, They support them to create businesses, learn employment skills, and ultimately empower them to become uh, servant leaders in their communities. And so by working in collaboration with communities and various stakeholders, Ignite Youth is starting to change the narrative of what is possible for young Africans and demonstrating the power of developing a new generation of local talent and leaderships. So Tadzi also currently serves as the Global Communications Manager for Reach for Change, an international organization that runs innovation, competition, accelerators, and incubators to support social entrepreneurs who are solving these very pressing issues facing children and youth. And uh, Tadzi and I uh, met through an offers and needs market, uh, which we developed here at Post Growth Institute, where I work, and uh, had a facilitator bring that um, event and experience to um, a workshop that they did in the spring. Um, and so we'll be talking about that more later. Uh, first, though, Tadzi, welcome. And 
I would love to hear from you what what you find most exciting about the work that you do. First of all, I'd like to just say thank you so much for um, having me on this show. I really do appreciate it. Um, and to answer your question, I think for me the biggest um, aspect that I enjoy about the work that we do is the, is the transformation and the change that I see in the young people's lives, especially in the, in the way that they view themselves. Uh, because many of the young people, uh, when they come to our programs, they are feeling, they have like, they're feeling overwhelmed by the challenges, economic challenges, um, the socioeconomic challenges that we're facing in our country. And so um, when they come to us, we're trying to help them to uh, move from a victim mentality to more of uh, that of an overcomer. And so for me, I think that is the most exciting part of the work that we do to see that transformation and that change that we see in young people uh, when they join our, our programs. Nice. Could you tell us a little bit more about um, how long the program's been happening and how many people that you serve? We currently serve um, about 500 youth across two cities uh, in Zimbabwe. So. Um, the, that is Harare and Bulawayo. Um, and we've been in existence for a year, three months now. Um, so we actually officially launched last year in March. Wow, congratulations. Um, that's, it sounds like a really uh, powerful opportunity and, and to serve that many people in, in such a short time is, is amazing. So thank you for that work. Thank you. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and, and your own uh, personal money journey and, and how your childhood influenced, you know, both, both your work today and, and your relationship with uh, money. Um, I believe that um, the way I view money or the relationship that I have with money was, has been highly influenced by how I grew up because I grew up in a single parent uh, family um, and in that kind of an environment you get to see how your, um, your, your mother is trying to make ends meet with the little that she has. Um, you get to appreciate how to uh, make wise use of your finances uh, because as a single parent she had a lot of responsibilities, she had a lot of things that she needed to do. Um, and so she, she was wise in how she was using money as a resource. And also um, she was wise in how she, um, how she um, also used other resources besides money um, because she didn't always have money. Uh, so it was, an, it was a learning experience for me growing up in that kind of an environment, seeing how she made wise use of all the resources that she had available to her. And um, in addition to that, what really inspired me about my mother is, is that she was a role model to me in terms of the way she gave, irrespective of the little that she had. Um, and this was a big, this has been a big inspiration for me all of my life, um, that irrespective of how little you, you have, you can actually give, you can actually do something positive for somebody else. Um, and so she, she always gave the little that she had to help somebody else, irrespective of what the challenges that she faced. So this in itself really developed my relationship with money um, and made me see not only how to make use of money and the resources available to me, 
but also it really instilled the value of no matter how little you have, you can make a difference. You can actually give and help somebody else. Mm, yes. Oh, I just uh, commending her generosity and, and yours too. And, and that's such a great lesson uh, for people of all, all income um, levels. And just really, I'm curious too about the, the power of community, you know, when you were growing up and how that's influenced your work and kind of that, that sense of wealth that's beyond just the numbers of in your bank account and, and the money that you have, but really that sense of uh, caring for one another and, and that generosity you spoke of. Yes, definitely. I mean, that, that's a big aspect. That was a big aspect within um, like growing up in terms of you would be able to know that you can even um, depend on your neighbor or you can call upon your neighbor. I mean, there was that aspect of community. There's definitely a sense of community of knowing that we are going to watch out for each other and help each other um, however we can. And as you mentioned, it wasn't just about the money, it was about the resources. So whatever I have, I might not be able to give you money, but I can help you in other ways. I can give you some advice. I can give you um, something to use. It wasn't always about giving someone money. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I feel it's so powerful to redefine wealth and to include more than just money and what makes life really valuable. Uh, so much of it is is our relationships, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm curious, uh, tell me a little bit about your own path uh, in becoming an adult and why you founded Ignite Youth. So, in fact, um, growing up, I always had a passion for um, working with young people. Um, and I, even in high school, I was quite involved in, um, in clubs that had to do with helping young people develop certain skills, for example, such as the debate club. Um, and I was also involved in my church in the youth ministry so it was always a passion for me to work with young people. However, um, I, start, I actually started off in advertising, um, but I never actually um, gave up my passion to work with young people. Ultimately, what I wanted to do was to do meaningful work um, because I felt that my work in advertising was not giving me that fulfilling. And so I then joined Reach for Change um, and I was working as the Africa Communications Manager and working for Reach for Change really um, began to, it, it was the beginning of my journey towards that impact related nonprofit, social work aspect. And so um, it began to develop my skills a lot more in that sector. Uh, especially since I was coming from more of a corporate back background. Um, and then as I developed those skills, I felt that I was going to be able to use the skills that I was getting from Reach for Change to um, launch Ignite Youth Organization. With Ignite Youth Organization, it really was me wanting to expand the work that I was doing with young people beyond um, beyond my church. I wanted to impact young people across the country, irrespective of uh, their background, through a non-biased approach. And I wanted to just um, Im impact them across the, the, the community, across the universities, 
colleges, schools, and that's what made me start Ignite Youth Organization. It was that aspect of just helping young people irrespective of their background or their choices, having a non-biased view towards young people. And so that's what made me start Ignite Youth Organization. Mm, wow, uh, that's so fascinating to hear and just really appreciate that desire to, to contribute uh, quality of life uh, to people and that social change and impact and, and what a, uh, you know, I love hearing stories of, of people's journeys and, and it's sometimes unexpected, the skills that you gather and then how they can be applied later on. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the offers and needs market. Um, so for listeners who um, aren't familiar with this, I've, I've been working with the Post Growth Institute, a nonprofit for a couple years now. And uh, we, um, well, the founder, Donnie McClurkin, has, had developed this offers and needs uh, process starting about eight years ago and just saw, oh my gosh, there's so many resources and, um, and, and so much wealth in a variety of ways in my own community, but we often don't see it. And so he, uh, he was inspired to create this um, very... Uh, simple and yet profound process to bring people together and basically share their their passion, knowledge, skills, and resources, as well as their needs in small groups. Um, usually it's a live face-to-face -face, um, event where, you know, uh, people are sharing it in, in small groups and really able to initiate connections and develop relationships. And, and also we find people, yeah, just feeling more comfortable expressing themselves, both what they have to offer and, and what they're needing. Um, and so this happened uh, there through your organization as part of a bigger event a few months ago. And uh, just curious first if you could kind of uh, paint, paint the scene for us of, of um, uh, the market and what it was like to be there. It was really exciting. We had like a, a big turnout. We had about 150 young people at the event. Um, and we, um, we had this great um, um, offers and needs exercise, as you mentioned, which was really great. It really opened up the eyes of many of the young people. We split them up into uh, different groups um, and they worked within their groups. And um, they actually got to discover a lot of things that they didn't know about their friends and about their colleagues and about the other members. And so it was a great learning experience for them where they got to actually understand um, what, um, what skills other people actually have that they can make use of and what skills they have that they can actually offer to someone else. So it was actually a really great uh, exchange of, uh, of, of, of ideas and um, just people actually getting to know each other and actually knowing that the the skills that they're looking for are actually closer than they had initially thought, or the, the information that they're looking for is actually uh, closer to them than, than, they had, um, than, they, than they had thought. So yeah, so it was actually a very good experience for all the young people who attended. 
Mm, I'm so glad to hear that. It's, uh, I feel like our modern eco economy can also just kind of limit people into, you know, your career. And the one thing that you do for money is like all that you have is valuable. And did you see these people kind of able to expand uh, their ideas about what they had to offer? Exactly. Yes. I mean, we had a lot of we had some great stories uh, coming out. For example, we we had someone who um, was looking for farming, like some some ideas on how to do uh, farming and where to get the equipment. And someone in that same group will actually own the farm, so it made it easy for them to actually exchange ideas and to get contacts. And so it was really good. Um, we had um, instances where there was this young girl who was looking for someone to teach her animation and we just so happened to have um, a young man who has his own animation company. And so it was a great, many, many people actually found it to be extremely beneficial because they actually realized that it's just, a, it's actually just a matter of uh, mentioning something like uh, this is what I actually have to offer or this is what I'm looking for this is my need and uh, that in itself was enough for them to be able to get the help that they've been looking for mm, wow super cool um yeah, it's it's interesting because expressing our needs, um, at least here in America, is um, can be really challenging. It's not really culturally accepted. You know, it can be um, very, uh, yeah, people have shame about even having needs um, and feeling like, oh, I can just do it all alone. Um, so I'm curious, you know, uh, what what people's experience was with with sharing their needs. I mean, I think there's definitely always that, there is that aspect of feeling like, can I really share my need? And would that make me look like I am inadequate in some aspects or I mean, I'm inexperienced. Um, but I think for this particular exercise, and I mean, it's, it's also here in Zimbabwe, like people do not uh, find it easy to share that they have a need. Um, but I feel like it was a good experience of people, of young people learning how to be vulnerable to some extent, um, learning to be vulnerable in order for them to get the help that they need. Um, and so it was, it was definitely a breakdown of, um, of a perception, you know, um, it, it did break down a perception of, I can actually ask someone to help me and I can get the help that I need. Um, so yeah, it was a good experience as well in that aspect of allowing young people to be vulnerable um, to some extent. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what we've seen uh, again and again, and and just the humanness. Like we're all equals at a table here, and we all have needs and offers. And uh, I I really define an economy as a place that we come to care for one another. And yes. uh, I've, I've, I don't know if you saw this there, but we just see how, how generous people want to be and they want to give advice and feel like they have meaningful contributions. And uh, yeah, curious, any other stories or, or matches that you heard come out of it? Um, 
there were quite a number of them that came out. Um, and I think within the groups, it was really a lot of exchanging of, um, of contacts and also just, um, it was also an exchange of ideas because um, they, they, not just one person would know something in a group. You might have two people who have a little bit more information on what you are asking for. So that in itself was a sign to many of the youth that, um, you know, you, the, when you do ask for help, it, it can be surprising how much help you can get. Um, because they did, there was a lot of discussion on the, uh, within the groups, there was a lot of um, interaction and in general, people felt as if they got more than just one contact. I wouldn't say that it was just one particular contact that said I can help. It would be maybe two people who would say, you know what, I know someone. Even if they're not the one that has the expertise, they would say, I actually know someone who can help you with this. So it was, it was quite, it was quite, um, um, like expansive in that way that it wasn't just, oh, okay, there's one or two people, but it would be like, maybe someone else would be uh, sharing and say, I actually can, uh, I have a friend or I have a colleague who does something similar, or I know someone who can help you. So the help was more than they had actually expected. Right. That's such a great point. It's always more than just the people uh, there physically present. We all have a network of connections and, uh, and yeah, that's that's a really great point. Um, yeah, any anything else that that kind of surprised you from it, or uh, kind of synchronicities, things that were unexpected that happened? I think for me, what's the mo the, the the best thing that came out of it is the is the relationships that were built from there, like the friendships you find that the people that connected within those groups, um, some of them um, are still friends up to now. They actually made some great connections from there. Um, and these were people who maybe were a bit shy to talk to one another, were a bit shy to connect with one another. So just seeing that um, it actually built, it actually bridged, you know, uh, like communication gaps, it bridged like, it brought people together, it created friendships um, where, you know, we didn't actually expect that to happen. So I think that, that for me was the surprising turnout of the, of the, of the event. Oh, that's great. Right. It's like people want to connect and, and really uh, so often you, you've probably experienced this at conferences or gatherings, you know, it can be hard to meet the people that, that uh, may be both, both beneficial for both people. It's uh, yeah. networking has its limits. And so I found this is a fun, like low stress way um, you know, did you find that even some of the more shy people um, were able to kind of engage in the process? Definitely. Like, I definitely saw that um, many of the young people were usually very reserved, were quite open, more open, more transparent. They actually got, um, they, they started feeling more confident as well in themselves because they realize that they also have something to offer that someone else would want, some, that someone else would need. So that in itself was a confidence boost for them. 
um, just being able to realize that, you know, actually someone would actually want the skill that I have, someone would actually find it useful, was just like, um, I think, a transformation for, uh, these young, for those young people, especially. Oh, that's so great. It's something I wish I had at that age, right? When you're trying to like try out what you like to do and maybe have a variety of ideas and just kind of want to bounce it off people. <laughs> so much is true. Yeah. Wow. Well, so glad to hear that. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a powerful way for, I feel like it's healing the culture. Um, you know, there's, there's a way in which, um, especially here in America, there's so much isolation and it's so easy to order something on Amazon through your computer and not even talk to a person. Um, and, and people are really suffering from that. There's a lot of loneliness. And so, um, yeah, any, anything you want to say about the kind of quality of, of culture that this type of experience could build? I think it, it builds a culture of, um, of belonging. Like I said, it creates a sense of belonging. Um, and also, I think that the, I would say that's the biggest thing that I feel it's, it's created for the youth because um sometimes yeah people definitely feel like they don't belong or they just don't fit in or they just cannot find someone or anyone who can think the way they think or who agrees with them um about some of the things or who can challenge them in different ways so this was great in the sense of of building that sense of community and building that sense of belonging among the young people and among people um, and even for me um, as uh, just being a part of that was amazing because there is also that um, that break I think in in the in the in the age gap you know where you actually find that even um, even though there's an age gap I can still um, a young person can still offer me something and I can also um, offer a young person something. So it's almost like a, it's, it's a give and take. Young people have something that they can offer to older people and older person that they can offer to younger people and etc. So it's actually, it's actually not, it just breaks down a lot of barriers in terms of even just age barriers, even, you know, gender barriers, because even the perceptions that, you know, sometimes we have of, okay, you know, um, it's, it's a girl. And so what would a girl be able to help me with in this area? It was also um, surprising for some of the guys to find out, oh, actually she knows how to do this. or she's aware of how to get this information. So it definitely did break a lot of barriers in that sense. Like um, it, it cuts across a lot of these um, barriers that we, we have like even mentally but we don't realize we have them right totally uh that's a great point breaking breaking down those barriers and just coming to the table as as equals we've seen that too we've had really wealthy people in the room sitting at the same table as you know a homeless mom and just uh you know it's so different from charity where only one person has needs and and then i need to help you and save you and it's just uh so so powerful I agree. 
So uh, do you see other ways this could be used in your community? Um, we can talk more uh, later and we are training facilitators of this and just wanted to uh, hear your ideas of how you could see this process being used in your community again. Most definitely, we really want to continue using it. It has, for us, we really see opportunities to use it in a in like a vast way especially since as i had mentioned we with ignite really what i wanted to do is to create a platform where young people can just meet irrespective of whatever background uh they come from and it's just um young people coming together and breaking these barriers so it fits very well with what we're trying to do as an organization um and so we do have a lot we actually want to have it for parents and their children um, and, and the young people, um, because we believe that, especially as I said, that age gap, we actually want to see, uh, for parents to see that their, their children can actually offer them something. Um, and uh, I think it's, it will definitely also break uh, some barriers. So it's something that we definitely want to do as a next step with parents and the youth that come to our organization. Mm, yes. Oh, that intergenerational exchange is, uh, yeah. is so powerful to, to have the youth be seen in their community as, as valuable and, and bringing yeah. gifts. That is incredibly powerful. Um, this, this makes me think, too, about the power of having more open conversations. And it sounds like in your organization, you're really creating opportunities for people to come together and share and talk more openly. And uh, I was curious your thoughts about more have, having more um, authentic uh, conversations uh, between, you know, intergenerationally, between men and women, all sorts of, of ways. What? What is the importance of that? It's extremely important, I think, because we, we, there are so many, this, the, the world is structured around a lot of stereotypes. Um, and so we have this way of thinking where we stereotype uh, people based on, 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 as you said, one of the things you mentioned was culture, upbringing. Um, and so we don't really, um, we find it hard to break away from our beliefs, especially or our thoughts or our views on certain things. So when we start having these conversations, it's really good because what it does is it makes you, it gives you an opportunity to actually hear it from someone, from someone else's point of view and to appreciate that, you know, you don't actually know everything. <laughs> you know, there is that and that whole aspect of I'm, I'm ready to learn, like um, at any age, at any point in your life, you can learn something new. Um, so I really do believe that it has that power of breaking down these stereotypes and it, and actually, as you say, creating this authentic, authentic uh, conversations uh, that we so desperately need. Um, and because we see that most of the times it's really based on assumptions or views or stereotypes, things that have been embedded in us from for a long time, and so we're not really willing to uh, move past that. But when we have some an opportunity like this, it provides a chance for us to actually break those those barriers between people and bridge bridge those gaps. Mm. 
Yes, yes. And uh, I love how you mentioned belonging before, because I feel like that's at the heart of, of what us as humans, uh, what makes us thrive is, is a feeling of belonging. And, uh, and that this comes through listening and, and expressing ourselves and being acknowledged and appreciated in our communities. And, um, and so I'm curious, you know, what, um, what kind of challenges and, and opportunities uh, that you do see within your community and, and for the youth of Zimbabwe? So, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities for uh, the youth in the country. Um, for us, it's really, it really does start from that point of, young people understanding and having a confi having confidence in who they are um, and having confidence in their identity and being proud of who they are as young people. And, and also just knowing that differences actually make, bring us together. So we, we actually believe that it really does start with a, it's, it, it really does start with a sense of identity for us. Um, how does a young person view themselves? How do they have confidence in who they are? And so that is why it's so important for us. It's extremely, it's actually very hard for us to work with young people, uh, teach them even entrepreneurship skills or, or um, any other skills, creative skills. It's very hard to, to, to teach them without actually helping them first with a sense, with them getting a clarity on their sense of identity and who they are as a young person, and then also then having the confidence to walk in that identity and to be proud of that identity. Um, so for us, it's really important to start with that and help young people to have that confidence. And then, as I mean, as you know, it's always very, everyone always says it that you cannot learn how to love someone else if you do not know how to love yourself. And so that's literally what we're trying to help them with. Um, and then from there, we feel that once they are more confident and stronger in the way they view themselves, uh, then we can take it up further and help them with their skills and help them to see how they can actually use the skills that they are developing to actually help uh, other people, to actually help their communities. The, um, the idea is just that to, we, as much as possible, are trying to help them to overcome a mentality of being a victim and uh, them rising above that and beginning to see themselves as overcomers and being confident as well and proud of who they are as young people. So we believe that's where we have to start. And then from there, we will take it, take it a step further and um, then create these conversations and create these interactions um, as we mentioned uh, before. Oh yeah, that's such such a crucial uh, thing at that age to to really know and love yourself and then feel that acceptance um, and and that you can then go out and share that with the community. Um, that's that's really powerful. Hmm. So you are you are uh, clearly a dynamic and and effective leader and uh, I'm curious you know what what qualities you feel like uh, make you a good leader I feel that one of the 
main aspects or one of the main qualities that makes someone an effective leader, um, and especially for me, is being able to relate and empathize with um, the people that I am trying to impact, the people's lives who I am trying to change. I believe that it's extremely important for a leader to be able to identify with, um, with, with their audience, with the people that they're trying to impact. Uh, because if, if a leader is not able to relate and not able to em empathize, usually that's where you get a situation where there's a lot of selfishness and a lot of uninformed decision-making. Um, and so it's not necessarily to say that um, a leader should go through what um, their beneficiaries or the people that they're impacting have, has gone through, but that a leader should empathize. They should be able to relate them. They should be able to put themselves in the shoes of the people that they're trying to help. And I feel that's an extremely important quality for a leader. Um, and so for me, that is, if I look back on my life and the things that I have been through, especially growing up in a single parent family, um, at, that, at the time, it, do, it did feel difficult. It did feel like it was unfair. But I am grateful for those experiences because they have really helped me to appreciate and to understand uh, the young people and some of the challenges that they are facing and where they are coming from and some of the difficulties that they're going through. Um, and so I do believe that it is, a, it is important for a leader, not necessarily to sympathize, but to empathize and with their audience. And I think that's, that's really important. Mm. I agree. Yes. Thank you for that. I feel like it really is um, this emotional intelligence you're, you're describing, this ability for people to put themselves in someone else's shoes and, and feel that empathy and really uh, connect on, on a human level. And uh, that's, that's so different than, uh, you know, kind of the dominator par paradigm, um, you know, which uh, is about control and, and you know, often diminishing uh, the other people. So, so uh, I really appreciate that shift to uh, just understanding and uh, greater listening and, and some of these more feminine qualities that both men and women uh, can, can have. Have, and I feel like so along those lines what what's the legacy that you hope to leave with all the work that you are doing if we could use our imaginations and you know and uh, just even 10 or 20 years from now what could you imagine a more thriving economy and and culture and and what would that look like and and how would you what kind of legacy would you like to leave uh, the next generation of young of, of African leaders that um, as, you, as you mentioned, is emotionally intelligent, cares about giving back, cares about actually making a difference and um, is not selfish, not self-centered, focuses, has got the leadership qualities, has, got, has developed those soft skills that are needed together with the hard skills that are needed for them to succeed. Um, and so for me, that is what I would say if we begin to see a change in um, the kind of leaders that we have in our country as these young people are growing up, I would say that in itself would be the legacy that I would, I would love to leave with Ignite. Um, 
and just seeing these young people come to our programs, becoming these these these, um, these responsible adults who care about their their communities, who care about um, the, who actually care and who actually want to do something about it. Um, that to me would be the legacy that I would really be happy to leave behind for for the young people. Hmm. Yeah, I I imagine that world too, where people are um, generous and caring for one another and and feeling connected and and belonging to something bigger than themselves. And it really sounds like you're uh, providing the opportunities and and almost like, uh, do you find it's like kind of creating a tribe or a family uh, sense of feeling with Ignite Youth? Most definitely, like you find that most of the young people, when they come to Ignite, they do mention this and they say it, that um, they feel like they are, that Ignite is like a family for them. Um, so it definitely is, it definitely is achieving that for them, that sense of belonging as, as you mentioned, and also just that sense of family is definitely something that I feel we are, we are, we are achieving through our work. Mm, that's so great. Um, let's talk a little bit more about um, money and finances. I know here in America, most people are not taught the basics of uh, financial literacy, how to manage their uh, money, you know, how to uh, just uh, be responsible and, and do bookkeeping and those basic kinds of things. So a lot of people get into a lot of credit card debt early on and, uh, and just don't have those uh, basic skills. And, and then what happens is people are often ashamed that they don't really know what they're doing and, and they're afraid to ask for help. And often it's hard to talk to your parents uh, about money and those kinds of things. Um, so I've done some work with groups of teenage uh, girls around this and, and both on the relationship with money and what their parents taught and, and then also some of the basics of what it costs to live and, and budgets and things. And so I'm curious what, what you see there about kind of youth and, and their money literacy. With the youth that we work with, it's especially with the girls especially, um, we have a girls program which specifically helps girls to um, as I mentioned, for me, that's a, I grew up in a, in a single parent family. My mother was my role model. Um, and so for me, it's really important to be able to teach girls the importance of being able to be independent and to be able to be self-sustainable. Um, because right now in Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe is actually, actually has got the highest rate of teenage pregnancies in uh, sub-Saharan Africa. And this is emanating mostly from economic challenges that uh, teenage mom, teenagers, uh, teenage girls face. Um, and so they usually end up resorting to um, different ways in which they can earn money. They can uh, sometimes are forced into exchanging sex for, to receive money in return. And it's not always to buy, for example, the nicest shoe, but sometimes it's for legitimate like reasons. For example, they're trying to raise, they're trying to get money for food um, so that at home, that, so that at home there's actually something to eat. 
Sometimes they are even trying to get money uh, just for them to be able to pay their fees, their school fees. And so they are actually resorting into, uh, into, into these activities where they are trying to get money to try and support uh, the financial demands that they are facing. Um, so yeah, so that this is what uh, usually we are trying to deal with, especially with teenage girls, helping them in the area of how they can um, become uh, self-sustainable, uh, financially independent, and how they can actually generate income without having to resort uh, to um, into activities that are not going to be good for them or that are not going to benefit them. So we have various things that we teach them. We have vocational skills trainings that we do with teen, teen girls um, where we are teaching them how to, um, for example, we, we are teaching them how to sew, how to, um, how to like hairdressing skills, uh, we're teaching them how to, like farming skills. These are all things that we're trying to teach girls so that they know that they can actually be self-sustainable. They can make an income through various entrepreneurial activities um, and that they can do actually on the side without necessarily having to uh, embark in other activities that are not good for them. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for being so uh, candid about that. That's uh, definitely a challenge for a lot of uh, young girls. And, and uh, I just love your approach of, of really, it seems like help, helping them see the variety of value that they can bring beyond, you know, their bodies and just... But for us, it, it, it actually is quite an issue in, in, in Zimbabwe right now. Teenage pregnancies are actually the highest uh, in sub-Saharan Africa and Zimbabwe. So this is why it's become such an important um, issue for us to address. Mm. Wow. So tell me a little bit more for, for listeners. Uh, you know, what, what is a key message that you have for people at this time? And, and maybe in particular for youth who are wanting to become leaders or entrepreneurs in their own community? What's a um, key message you'd like to share? You start where you are with what you have. Sometimes we think we have to have a lot of money or we have to have a lot of resources for us to actually bring a change to someone else's life. But it really doesn't take that much for you to bring a smile on someone else's face. Um, and in fact, there's, there's such a great reward in doing things for people that are not able to pay you back or who you do not expect to pay you back. Um, and so, I really do encourage people that there is a, there's a transformation that comes when even when the way you view yourself, the way you feel, the way you, you view the, the world, the way you view life in itself changes a lot by how you treat others, how you, um, how you want to help others. And as I mentioned, it doesn't have to be, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to start with a lot of resources. You just start by giving and helping where you can with what you have and just caring about what someone else is doing, what someone else is going through um, is just a good starting point and that's how you bring change. Um, that's how you make someone else's life better. 
And so I just encourage young people and to just begin to see themselves as change makers, people that can actually bring a change in someone else's life and to have that perception about themselves that they actually have the power to do that. Um, and it doesn't take much for them to do it. Oh, yeah, those are really wise words. Hmm. And, and it feels like it really connects back to uh, the culture we are building uh, together with the offers and needs market and that way of saying, just show up as you are with what you have and who you are. And, and that opens, you know, unexpected connections and just that willingness to be vulnerable and to speak with other people and uh, just, just really feel like that's... Uh, an indication of um, yeah how how we can grow together and create greater you know lasting wealth that is beyond just money in our communities that is people's health and well-being and and uh, healthy families that can stay together and and really uh, respect women in their in in our culture and so. Um, yeah, I, I just love what you're doing. And, and if people are listening and inspired about your work, could you uh, give us your website? Tell us a little bit more about um, how people could get involved or contribute to your work. Um, our website is igniteyouth.co.zw. Um, and our um our instagram twitter and facebook um handles uh are at ignite youth org um they can also send us an email at info at ignite youth dot co dot zw um and yeah we'll be more than happy to respond to them um and we, they can also get a hold of me on my phone number which is uh, plus two six three seven seven four nine six five triple nine, and we'll, we are more than happy to to work with others and collaborate on different projects with others. And I'm more than happy to provide more information um, for those who want to know more about Ignite Youth Organization. Great. And if people are interested in, in giving financial contributions, uh, is that possible as well? Yes, it is possible. Um, so if uh, people are willing to donate, um, even towards some of the initiatives that we do, um, for example, even if it's pads for the girls and um, and other things for teenage moms and uh, and other the, and other young people that we support. There are ways that we can do that. We have a bank account and we are willing to share our bank details uh, with those who are willing to 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 um, to donate to us. Great, thank you. Um... Wow, I just feel so happy to know that you are doing this work and, and uplifting this next generation to be compassionate and connected and generous and just feel like, uh, yeah, a, uh, a whole new era is, is coming as we rise up out of some of the dysfunctional violence and um, 
economic uh, challenge that that we have seen in in past generations, and and feel like we really can create a culture of belonging and and true wealth and caring for one another. And uh, I'm I'm curious to hear uh, any closing thoughts that you would like to share with us. Um, I'd just like to. Um to just say thank you very much for this opportunity. Uh, appreciate it immensely. Um, and as I mentioned, um, I really do believe that there, there's a lot that can be done. Um, and we are really excited to continue uh, working with, to actually continue to use the offers and needs markets uh, exercise in our work. Um, and so we're definitely going to continue using that uh, and explore more ways in which we can um, help to bridge those, the gaps between different groups through the offers and needs markets exercise. Um, and so, yeah, we're really excited. We're really looking forward to, um, to, to using more of these tools and these experiences. And we, we, are, we are still growing and we are ready to learn. So such opportunities are so important for us as an organization. So we just wanted to just say thank you so much to those who, to the, to the team that came up with the exercise. Um, it's very helpful, it's very useful. And um, we are really ready to learn more um, from them and from other organizations who are willing to also share other techniques and tools with us. Um, so yeah, I think, that would be my, those would, those would be my last words. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your appreciation and acknowledgement. And uh, thank you for being such a courageous leader and being able to uh, be an empowered woman who uh, these other younger teenage women can look up to. And it's so important to have role models like you who are, um, who have seen struggles in your life and persevere and uh, come through those stronger and wiser than before. And so just really encourage everyone to uh, check out Tadzi's um, work at Ignite uh, Youth Zimbabwe. And uh, just uh, want to say thank you for your time and for your willingness to engage your community and create a more vibrant uh, economy, society, and culture uh, with the youth in Zimbabwe. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at iTunes. Be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com. That's money-m-o-r-p-h-o-s-i-s.com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve.